the Chicago Bears select Mitchell Trubisky. Last night I tried some raw oysters. I want all my picks back and I want David goddamn Putney just because I feel like it. You're out of your mind. I am Dre Fogue and I'm the transfer. Coach, show them just in case they don't like your jacket. Can you go buy another one, Coach, if you need one? Hold on. We'll get it. Errant Rogers, E-R-R-A-N-T Rogers. Back Judge Podcast. We're back at you, as always, sponsored by Greyhound Buses. Promo code BACKJUDGE, you pay an extra 10%. <laughs> back judge, promo code BACKJUDGE, you get delayed. <laughs> and your whole day gets ruined. We don't like the Greyhound. Uh, I'm Adam Klepp with uh, Tommy Murray, Lee Murray, Windy City. We're chilling, having a, having a nice little Monday afternoon here. Just recording, getting ourselves on the airways, talking some NFL football. Two weeks of preseason, done. Two weeks done, still it's blazed by. I'm ready. I'm I'm ready as ever though for that first week of September and the preseason. If if anything reminds me more of it, it's it's the preseason. Yeah, absolutely, and just nothing like watching preseason football to make you uh, yearn for the days of actual real regular season football. Yeah, this is the cutoff. I always say two after two weeks, you're into it. You like to see the rookies in a new thread. It's like taking snaps of vaporized weed. Yeah, that's that, that, that is a good <laughs> is that analogy. not a good analogy. No, that is a, that you is want a good it, you, you want it, you yeah. want it, but you can't have it. It's yeah. just you have what you have. This is what you have to see. Exactly. There's it's no, not, there's it's no availability. <laughs> it's not a finished product uh, for sure, but uh, this is it's definitely it's like drinking no duels, Clark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that I can that, that I can that I can talk about. You can about. relate to. You can relate to uh, it. So uh, you know, we're gonna talk about first thing I guess on the docket maybe uh, helmet rule. The new, the new helmet rule in the NFL, it's creating airwaves on Twitter for how poorly, I guess, it's been officiated or some of these usual NFL hits, the collisions that are being flagged. I was ready to come on the pod and, and scorched earth here, but Mr. Murray came in here and calmed me down a little bit. Lee, why don't you say what you were saying earlier? I'm actually going to credit the, the Sharp 600 podcast for this. Cite your sources. Good, good guys over at the Sharp 600. I, I reckon it was the... AFC West episode, so the most or second to most recent episode that they did, uh, Joe Fortenbaugh, heck of a podcast, has no idea who we are, but we're going to give them a quick shout out. Uh, they, he had a guest on, and I'm forgetting the guy's name, but he made a really good and interesting point. He was saying that they were setting a precedent, the refs were, in the preseason by throwing the flag as much as they are on these, on these hits that seemingly could possibly be leading with the head or dangerous to the head and neck area. That's what they, how they like to say it. Um, but, but these refs are basically flagging everything that they see that could be a penalty to set the precedent for the season. Uh, so in, in other words, they're over-flagging in the preseason because they know the games don't matter as much, and they're trying to get the message across to the players um, that, that this is kind of the way that they're calling it. Uh, which I which I like to hear, but then you always have to be realistic, and there are always going to be multiple calls that are going to cost teams games. Sometimes in, in in rare but bad situations, cost teams seasons, and that's going to continue to happen. And, and this in this helmet rule isn't going to help. So the thing I worry about is that the NFL in, in their rules meetings this offseason, Al Riveron, head of officiating, they really tried to overhaul the catch rule. Yeah. And it seems that the catch rule isn't so robotic anymore. And if a guy's like reaching towards the goal line or reaching towards a first down that, you know, if they show possession of the ball, 
that they're not going to necessarily just go in and overturn it since technically under the rules that they didn't follow them, you know, completing the process to the ground. So they tried to be less robotic with that, which was a great move by them, but then they've just kind of replaced the catch rule with this. Seemingly. Seemingly through the preseason. So that's my main concern is that... When you try to play God, when you try to stick your hand in and control everything, like a football is such a... It's a violent game. They need to address that basically. And if you try to control everything, it's never going to work in your favor. There's always going to be... Uh, football moves that are made that end up result in people getting injured that are not necessarily in the controls of the of, of of the refs or of the rules or of anything but the forces of nature that 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 come with the game. So I think I agree with the whole catch rule analogy. They need to make they need to dumb it down a little bit and make it to where the every your your average Joe at home watching can know what a I, good tackle I, well, is and what a bad. I just think is. if you go back to you know last season with the uh, Danny Trevathan on Devontae Adams hit. Yeah. Like, everyone at home should say, like, that shouldn't be allowed in the NFL. That should be a flag. Yeah. That's where I feel like, or the Vontez Burvick on Antonio Brown hit. Like, those hits that are so blatantly malicious, blatantly dangerous for the game, those I have no problem with being flagged, but just some of the hits. Coming that, across yeah. the middle and the safety making a play on the ball yeah. and, and, and attacking the body of the receiver in a way that's going to make him sore the next day isn't a bad, isn't a, yeah, exactly. a, a flag worthy hit. Well, like, hopefully, we won. Not this is no longer flags. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're not and, throwing as many flags. And I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll wait. I'm willing to wait until week one to, yeah, to, to, hold, to, to hold my judgment. Uh, let's talk about rookie quarterbacks. Preseason, sure. what we've seen. Yeah. As we said earlier, we're not, you know, we love football being back, but not huge preseason dudes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Haven't exactly watched every single snap of every single rookie quarterback. But a few guys seem slated to start. If you look in Buffalo, Josh Allen, maybe he wasn't going to start due to A.J. McCarron, but with the A.J. McCarron injury, uh, hairline fracture in his collarbone, seems to be a two-horse race between him and Peterman. And you look to New York, New York Jets, Teddy Bridgewater, and Sam Darnold has probably been one of the more contested QB races or just one of the more interesting QB situations with McCown, Bridgewater, Darnold, wondering if all three of those dudes are going to be on the Jets roster week one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So definitely some intrigue going on there. And, and Baker Mayfield showing some flashes. Lamar Jackson, I think, won't see the field as a starter this year unless things really go poorly with, with Joe Flacco. And, and Rosen has shown flashes of... Of pretty good Absolutely. play when in Arizona. Good, good, when he yeah, week first, two when he got that, that good old linebacker. This just popped into my head real quickly, and it's kind of just a thought, food for thought, I guess. Wouldn't it be eerily similar to the Paxton Lynch, Lynch situation in Denver if Josh Allen like doesn't start over Nathan Peterman? If like yeah. Nathan Peterman just beats out Josh Allen in camp. There's a little Simeon Lynch Like Simeon did. It's like... Now that McCarron's injured and is de- definitely going to be out for at least the first couple weeks of the season, I don't know how long. It's a collarbone injury. So I don't know how long. At least a weeks, month. You know? So it's now Josh Allen versus Nathan Peterman, and this is kind of going to be a quarterback battle to see who's going to take the reins. But Josh Allen definitely in a position where he has the keys, and um, he it's, it's his job to lose, I would say. So just to start that one off. Well, that, yeah, this is kind of – I think you kind of have to start Josh Allen at this point just from kind of a philosophical level – uh, you know, just because you need to see the return on that investment. It's kind of with the Giants. They didn't play Davis Webb last year. They were playing Geno Smith. Obviously, he was a third-round pick compared to this being a first-round pick. But if Buffalo needs to see if they have a guy finally. And they, they don't really have an excuse. Like, just start Josh Allen. 
He Josh Allen has impressed me. Thought less favorably of him, obviously, out of all the the quarterbacks. I don't think any three of them are going to take them past six wins. So. No, 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 me, no, me neither. But I'm just saying. I just think that it's time for them to start him. It's they don't even have. It's not Baker with Tyron in front of them or Sam Darnold with Josh McCown or Teddy Bridgewater in front of them. Yeah, so. I mean that's interesting. I I think I, I didn't really watch. I just watched a mashup, I guess, on NFL.com. They mm-hmm. mashed up all yeah. Josh Allen's throws or whatever. I did see a few tweets from Bill's writers and stuff that was retweeted and made onto my timeline about how the offense seemed to be just more juiced up when Allen came into the game. He kind of provided at least a spark. So not that I, I you know, that's just what I heard. Um, so, and then for a team like the Bills and, and also a quarterback like Josh Allen, I think he gets a lot of maybe people talking about since he's a raw, I guess, athlete, I guess, at the quarterback position with accuracy issues and kind of seems more of a prototype. But in terms of the offense he's coming in out of college, he was in the same system as Carson Wentz. He's not a guy like Pat Mahomes who is coming out of a Big 12 system, guy like Baker Mayfield coming out of a Big 12 system. So he has played under center frequently. And so he's not necessarily a prototype when it comes to the NFL type of system that he needs to run. So it should be interesting to see if he at least has some mild success. I don't think any of us are going to hold it against him if the Bills go 4-12 and and he is the quarterback the no. whole season. Um, it's more of a scenario where it's like, what can you can you show us flashes? Can you put together a solid game? Can you put together a few solid drives? Can you throw the ball multiple times without having to throw a pick? That sort of thing. So yeah. it should be interesting to see with him. But, Lee, what are you kind of thinking in, in New York with Bridgewater and Darnold? I'm glad you asked, man, because uh, definitely, like you said, haven't watched a ton of preseason football. But of the preseason football I've watched, I'd, I'd say the Jets. Going into the preseason, I said they were the team I was most interested in in regards to the preseason. And now that the preseason, we're halfway through it, the Jets are definitely my most viewed team, if you will. And I honestly love what I'm seeing at the quarterback position for the Jets in terms of Bridgewater and Darnold. And like I said in the uh, AFC East preview, I was, I'm was i a big Bridgewater believer, and I think that the guy's going to find a way to be playing football on Sundays, whether it be replacing a starting quarterback or coming in and starting for a team. So I think that at the very least, he's going to be great trade bait for the Jets. And if you look in the prophecy section of the website – I've got Sam Darnold slated in as the as the starting quarterback when they take that trip to Ford Field week one, Monday yeah. night. So I, I that basically says how much I believe in Darnold. Darnold shows every bit of the poise necessary to be a quarterback. Although it is preseason, it is seriously impressive to watch. Uh, I think that all the people in the Jets camp are raving about him, talking about how much of a leader he is, Josh Norman praising him. And you know, you, you gotta take all that with a grain of salt. But still, the guy is really impressive. I think that He's showing every bit of that in the preseason, and I think that he's going to start week one. And I think it's an interesting topic to talk about what teams possibly could give up some assets for Teddy Bridgewater, who is someone who I see in a similar light to A.J. McCarron, except I see Bridgewater probably is better than McCarron. But I'm saying with how much intrigue there was with McCarron at the trade deadline and then as a free agent, just with the quarterback position, Bridgewater, another guy who really can step in and make a difference for your team. Who do you Man. think could trade for Bridgewater? Do you think the Jets will trade for him and if, or like trade him away? And if they do, what teams do you think could? Be I think they definitely will. If the I like that as a. Yeah. I think the Jets are definitely going to give. I him think up. they will too, and I think that there's going to be a market there. I think you could look at Tampa Bay potentially, maybe trading for him. I think Cincinnati potentially, I think could trade for him. I mean, 
I don't know. I yeah, mean, that's interesting because, at... I mean, if you look at guys like Dalton and Winston, mm-hmm. and obviously in Tampa Bay it's a little bit of a different scenario where Winston isn't playing the first three games, whether Bridgewater would be able to learn the offense depending yeah. on when he's traded. But those Dalton and Winston are two dudes who don't necessarily have a long leash as the franchise guys in those two cities. So Definitely. you could bring in Bridgewater and say, hey, if things go down early, as more of a management situation, because I would see both of those coaching staffs kind of moving on. Yeah. But as a guy that, hey, Bridgewater could best, the worst case scenario, be a bridge guy yeah. to, our, to our future Free that franchise. we get in the draft. Or best case scenario, you know, he just comes in and takes the reins yeah. and actually can become a franchise quarterback. Still only 25 years old. He, yeah, I read a tweet that he's something like only a little bit older than Carson Wentz. Yeah. Like a few no, months or something months, like that. No, he's, like, he's super young because he came out as a junior. So, right yeah. Well, another thing that I want to bring up, too, in relation to this is that I saw that the Seahawks were trying to get Jacoby Brissett, and they gave up second they, round. a second-round yeah. pick, and uh, the Colts denied it. And I think Teddy wow. Bridgewater is more valuable than Jacoby Brissett. I absolutely Brissett. agree. So if I, think I, was gonna I say, didn't hear about that. I can't believe that the Colts, Colts wouldn't take that, that down. down. Yeah. I know. Man, what did the Seahawks do in trading the second-round pick for Jacoby Brissett? Hubris. Hubris. I, I wanted to say, you're going to like this clip, just a, a brainchild real quick. How about Jacksonville making a move for Bridgewater? I mean, you got yeah, a guy in Bortles. Bortles is your starter, obviously, yeah. but no, God forbid he goes that. down. No, you got Cody Kessler as your backup right now. That's a guy who's not. And talk about a team that could just trade away some draft assets. Could, yeah. yeah. Could give, they, it's, could, it's, they could it's, afford a second round pick. Easily. You know, easily. Easily. And it'd be interesting. I don't. I, Bridgewater's I, a Florida. He's from Miami. I was going to say the Dolphins. They're in division. It's unrealistic because they've got and, so much invested in Tannehill, but. Just, just a well, imagine guy. thinking about giving Bridgewater the same responsibilities that you're giving Bortles, and I just think Bridgewater could. Do I would that love to much see I think I will flat out say game. I think Teddy Bridgewater is better than Blake Bortles. I know. Yeah. I, I don't think that that's like. I would agree with that. So I mean, I think that'd Bortles. be an interesting move for Jacksonville. I think there's a lot of teams that you could see circling around. Like I said, like Miami. I know it's in division, but he's from the area. Tannehill is coming off an ACL. You know he's the yeah. starter, but still a guy who could go down again. And who's your backup? Like I, I just. Maybe even Carolina, something like that. I, it'd be interesting. I think there's definitely a market for him, and I think that the yeah. Jets are going to get a draft pick for him. Yeah, so. definitely the, the team that gets him, he's going to command a price that makes it so that they could see him starting in their future. I don't yeah. think any team's going to get him for a yeah. luxury backup type yeah, of thing. No, that's true. Uh, any, uh, just before we maybe wrap it up here, quick, Adrian Peterson getting signed yeah. by the, the Redskins. Interesting move. You know, It's definitely. more of a, a, a name than a... Uh, than substance, I guess. But we were just talking about them tuning up the stable. Yeah. They saw. They definitely it's sad. Had, sad that Geis went down. Well, they, that, they had a vision for Geis, and I think that Peterson's just going to fill that vision with a lot less, you know, youth. Well, they're just going to have another stable, kind of like they had last year. Yeah. Uh, you know, I P- mean, Peterson was a guy who had a few uh, one or two hundred yard games in, yeah. in Arizona. He's not a guy. who... I mean, I would never count him out. He, I was exactly. I, I, mean, I over. I overvalued him last year, so I'm kind of trying to pump the brakes a little bit mm-hmm. on the whole idea. But I mean, he's not gonna get he that needs many the, touches. He needs to. He, he needs, needs to be the bell cow. That was that's, the, a, that's, that's the whole thing, thing that last he year proved. He couldn't just break out and start running. He needed to get like seven to nine carries. That's why. And if you can't have him on the field on third down, that's that's kind of yeah, where the problems start. But it could be, you know, maybe interesting him carrying it on first and second down and Chris Thompson throwing him yeah. in there on yeah, third or something definitely. like that. So that's Kelly and Smodic and Ryan, yeah. So I, I still, uh, you got like runners. Any uh, any last topics you guys want to throw yeah, out here? I want to uh, I want to talk about this is kind of I wanted to bring him up with Josh Allen is Patrick Mahomes who uh-huh. I think well I've always kind of I think him and Josh Allen are kind of in the same realm a little bit in terms of just like 
athletic gunslingers with big arms. Um, and he made some just like unreal. I mean, the, the touchdown they threw to Tyree Hill. Hill against the Falcons was awesome. But then yet again, he still made two like pretty boneheaded uh, mistakes on both of the picks that he threw. So I think this is kind That's of right. him and Josh Allen. I mean, it's, it fits the gunslingers. in. It fits in exactly to. I mean, I don't. And I don't want to speak too soon. Mahomes could be. I mean, the Chiefs are a classic team with a great coach and a lot of talent. Yeah. So it could really work. But I'm just saying that there's going to be a lot of big plays in Kansas City. Like, I'm not oh, – yeah. I'll never, like, deny that. Like, they had big plays with Alex Smith. There's going to be a lot of wow factor. I'm just – he needs to be able to complete the complete the ball and have a high complete, completion percentage yeah. and be very accurate to, with his medium-range throws and, and, and win turnover battles too. So – both of the, both I think that the, uh, yeah no, he did make some boneheaded mistakes, and they did look like mistakes that weren't one-time mistakes. Kind of, they kind of looked like routine yeah. mistakes for him. But you know, that's that's a bit nitpicky for preseason. Well, I mean, I just yeah, he's going to be he's their guy going forward. Yeah, um, no, but he does have that kind of rookie. He's a rookie. Yeah, so, he's a rookie. He's know, a rookie for all intents and purposes. Anyways. And then real quickly, Rosen. Rosen was dotting it a little bit. I feel bad for him, dude. The guy's fixing his helmet more than anyone. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. He did it at UCLA. He's just getting up. And fixing his shit all the time because he's, he he's got no one to block for him and a lot of like tipped passes because he's just getting he's getting pursued. Well, and then the like that's the thing too when you don't have a great O line, the defense can kind of sit there because they know you're going to start throwing some short passes yeah. and they can just jump. You know, so that's that's going to be an interesting thing to follow. Hopefully, he doesn't get too roughed up in his first year so that no. it's yeah. not it doesn't affect there. his future. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, also, I mean. Uh, we didn't talk about Baker at all. I just kind of wanted to. Yeah. I just wanted yeah. to talk about how uh, there's they're kind of it doesn't he's third on the depth chart and it looks like Tyrod's really just gonna start week one. Baker yeah. looks incredible. And he look no he looks really good and this. I mean the philosophy still kind of applies. But, but my whole thing was I, well I was just saying I was ahead. I saw something today then they were talking about uh, I forget who so I'm not even trying to incite it but. How Hugh Jackson? This might be just more of a Hugh Jackson move to try and save. It's like he want he needs to get wins as soon as he can, and he feels like yeah. Tarod uh, is it's the, the best option. way to do that. And I agree. I think Tarod's the best option if you want to win now. But my whole thing with Baker was like the guy dominated the college game even from the pocket. And if it's like if he looks the same in in the Browns uniform that he does in the Sooners uniform, like he kind of looks the same. Like he's making the same moves in the pocket. He's kind of making similar throws. Like, he, he's got the same leadership traits, at least from the looks of Hard Knocks, and you can never put too much stock in that. But still, like, the guy's, like, out there. He's excited. He looks like to be every bit of the competitor that we thought he was. And, I mean, I love Tarad Taylor, like I've said before, but I, I don't know. I'm warming up to the idea of the Browns committing to Baker earlier, if, if even if they're doing average, just as something to to maybe ignite them because I really think that I mean that's your number one pick right there. So yeah, if you think he can come out there and start performing to 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 begin the career that you think he can have, which is like a number one pick's career, then then put him out there. You know, put him out there early. But and I don't think anyone at this table would say that Tyrod Taylor or Tarod Taylor yeah, is now is, is worse than Mike Glennon. But yeah. you could almost see a Glennon type scenario playing out in Cleveland where. The offense, maybe they're going through a little rough patch, slow patch, and just, you know, the energy is right there yeah. on the bench that you need yeah. to kind of yeah. ignite the team, get them going a little bit. So, And, I mean, I, I talk highly about Terod Taylor's ability to, like, keep the football and not turn it over. Mm-hmm. But he also, like, as a knock on him, is, like, not the most accurate dude. And once 
he starts throwing with inaccuracy. You can you can see him get into slumps sometimes, like in Buffalo. I think it was like even in the playoff game against Jacksonville, he like really couldn't complete a pass that much. And I know their pass defense is great, but still, you're going to be going up against good pass defenses. Yeah. It, it, like like you said, if there's kind of a stalemate at week six and you're like two and four or whatever it may be, then may, mm-hmm. it might be time. Yeah. Especially throw. in the AFC, where yeah. I think the bottom half could be a, a race for that playoff spot, and eight and eight, nine and seven could get you in. Absolutely. The Browns may turn to him. Uh. One one more thing I wanted to bring Fair up, enough. Paxton Lynch and Chad Kelly. I wanted to bring this up because Chad <laughs> Kelly is getting booze in, yeah. in preseason there's games. A, there's, in a, there's a Kickstarter to get Pax to cover Paxton Lynch uh, fees before he gets cut. For like the the Broncos fans are banding yeah. together and trying to cover Good his fees them. so they can cut him. I'd be a part of that but, if I were a part of Broncos. Yeah, you know, seriously, I, I I envy that uh, that passion. But another Chad another Kelly. Bridgewater destination <laughs> destination maybe. Yeah. Denver. Yeah, perhaps. Well, let's see what happens with Case Keenum, but and also and this other guy, Chad Kelly, who I've been like, I've been love watching. I've loved Mr. watching. Mr. Relevant. Mr. Mr. Relevant, indeed. He's a, he's a little bit of a gunslinger, and he's athletic. He takes chances. I, mean, I think he, it's a waste of time to to, to consider him a starting NFL quarterback, to be honest. And I'm I'm a big Chad Kelly fan. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's played he's played really well. I think it'd be a solid uh, guy. I think a lot of guys guy. play well on the pre. Like he. No, it's I know. Not, I don't think. I mean, it's like hard, but I'm saying if you're an NFL player, like I don't think it's that hard to put up 120 throwing yards and go like 13 for 18. So you think this is more a reflection on Paxton Lynch? I yeah, I think I mean Paxton Lynch is just clearly a guy who can't do it, and yeah. Chad Kelly is just a guy who like can kind of as like. But I'm saying Denver would not want to start the season with Chad Kelly even. No, as long I'm not. Two I'm guys not saying that. Chart. I'm not saying that. So that's what I'm saying. I'm just it's saying like, this it guy, like Adam said, he was Mister Irrelevant. He had a really checkered past. Went to a. Uh, East Mississippi before last chance you so he's a real he's real he's real you know he's real. yeah no I I mean I I'm not I'm not denying his realness I just don't think he's a legitimate option at quarterback for any team. Kean Fahey watch throwing it back to John Dolan when he yeah. slandered him in the uh, Detroit Lions preview. Kean Fahey chimed in on the Teddy Bridgewater Sam Darnold debate yeah. said that the Jets may consider trading Darnold which would re- <laughs> result in the twenty million dollar dead cap hit. <laughs> in turn to turn to Bridgewater. So why don't we why don't we revoke that blue check mark, Twitter? Why don't we why don't we just get not rid of that? Exactly. Like just why don't why don't we seriously? Get... How do you let people like that have a platform? How <laughs> how do you let people like that have a friggin' platform to say what they want when he's just Darnold? Yeah, they're gonna trade Sam Darnold. They're gonna trade their their first pick in the draft, the number three pick overall, who is twenty. Two years old. 21. 21 years old and looks every bit of a franchise quarterback. Yeah, they're going to trade him. Whatever, man. (laughs) Thank you for lending us your ears. Come back soon. Shout out to the Netherlands and DJ Politic. Shout out to DJ Politic. Shout out to Connor Ryan. Taking the trip across the pond. Uh, You guys are going to hear him on the preview 